welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach, live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. All right, welcome back to Enhanced Living. As you know, if you've been listening to the show for some time, I often get the opportunity to interview authors of amazing books. I've interviewed so many different people who have had an amazing impact on humanity as a whole. And yes, I'm saying humanity as a whole because I do believe that as you affect one, you affect all. Today, my guest is an MBA. She is the author of Overwhelmed and Over It. She is a transformational leadership advisor, three-time best-selling author, host of the Feminine Power Time podcast, and is recognized worldwide for her work helping women to make shift happen. She leads workshops globally as well. Please welcome to the show right now, Christine Arilo. Christine, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. And hello, everyone. I can't wait to dive into a juicy conversation today. Yes, yes. No, I'm so excited to talk to you because, I mean, just by the title of the book, Overwhelmed and Over It, just for posterity's sake, because this isn't going to air later on. We are currently just pre-Halloween. It's October. We're coming up on the U.S. election. So this is the climate we're in where I know there's a lot of people right now who are overwhelmed and over it. Can you talk to me a little bit about the book and what brought you into writing it? Because obviously this this came out before the current crisis that we're dealing with because it's already written. So talk to me about what brought you into it and what motivated you to, to teach what it is that you're teaching. Mm, such an interesting question because I actually, it took me three years to write this book. So while the pandemic was kind of blowing up in the US and things were going nutso around here, I was just finishing the book and I've been researching it and living it for over 10 and I'm, I'm curious, and if you and anyone listening has ever had what I call a superwoman sob or a superman sob or a super person sob, where like the pressure is so much that you just end up in like a spontaneous tears coming down your, have you ever had one of these? So yes, yes, I have. And, and you, if you want, I will answer the the situation. I don't know if it was a spontaneous so much as situational, but it was my wife, it was our 10th wedding anniversary this past summer. And we were supposed to travel and we had this amazing trip planned that culminated with uh, renewing our vows in Greece because she was, her her like grandmother was was born there. And, and so we had this whole thing planned and then everything hit and we were home. And I decided that I was gonna put together a montage for her, like a video montage set to music of our whole relationship. And I included pictures of our son and I was, and I was in the editing process and I was in the office, squirreled away. She knew what I was doing, but she had not seen it. And I'm sitting there and as I'm putting everything together and going through mm. all these photos of everything that had led up to like just our whole relationship and just even this summer prior where we had done all these amazing trips. And 
I was just overcome and I had like a tear in my eye and then out of the corner of my eye look and she's peeking into the office and she looks at me. She's like, Hey, are you okay? And then I just lost it. Like it was just, (laughs) just ugly crying. You know, my, our son came in, everyone was hugging me and I'm just like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I swear I'm fine. But it was just like this release where I hadn't realized that I was in so much agony over everything because I'm, I'm a survivor. I go, I move, I Mm -hmm. I do what's in front of me and I, Mm -hmm. I keep going but it's just one of those things where the emotions are bubbling under the surface. And I think throughout the last like seven months, personally, I've been on the verge of tears. Like there's this level of emotion that's just, it's just underneath the surface that the smallest little thing of kindness of anything that you see could kind of set you off. So I don't know if mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about specifically, but. It is. Well, I love, I, I love your story because it, it, it feels like all this love came like bursting <laughs> and out in emotion. And um, I've, although I've had those too, and then they are this moments of overwhelm. I have had a lot more of the kind where the pressure to keep up or to pressure to, or not feeling like I'm keeping up. And the first, the first time I had this experience was in 2006 Mm -hmm. and I had, my my background is I have my MBA and I did the whole corporate thing for a while and it was amazing. I learned a lot and I also, it was burning me out and I didn't like the fact that I, I didn't have freedom. It was not working for me. Like I felt like I had to be at a desk tied to a desk and that freedom is one of my highest values. And so I made the choice to, to leave and start my writing my first book and start doing this transformational coaching work. And I was also working another job. I was consulting. So this is part of what happens whenever you make a life shift and a career shift. You don't just like, unless you're like, you know, Rockefeller or you are (laughs) independently wealthy, a lot of times we'll be, you know, working multiple jobs and doing different things. And so I had been doing that for six months and I had my vision board, you know, on the wall and I was working, I was working so hard and trying to do so much and I just wasn't having the impact. And no matter how much I did or how much I worked, there was never seemed to be enough money or enough time. And I just remember sitting in my my, my office, you all, and I was on the floor and I'm looking at all these, like this, these desires and these plans. And then the tears just like, like a storm just come. And I just felt despair. I mean, I felt despair. I felt defeated. And you know, like when it rains really, really, really hard and then it really calm. Mm. That happens a lot after we have these super person sob moments when the pressure is so much, we, you know, we release it. And I got really calm. And that's like the moment, if you can get still to listen, your inner wisdom will oftentimes speak to you. And, and, and so I got really still and I heard the voice, I called the voice and it's, you know, that, that, that very gentle, well, sometimes it's really loud, but in this case, it was really gentle. And it said to me just like a couple words, it said, Christine, you need the feminine. And I was like, and I had kind of tilted and I was like, and you know, like when you hear something and your intuition says it, it's like truth, like drops in and you're like, oh yeah, that's true. So I was like, oh yeah, that's true. But I was like, so yes, I don't even know what that is. What do you mean the feminine? (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm trained as a business person and I'm an achiever and I'm a go-getter and you know what I'm like? Okay, yes, but I have no idea what that means. And that began a journey for me, uh, really opening up to this whole other way of operating that is so much more human and so much more natural that allows us to actually achieve our dreams and our desires and our goals and our mission, but not at the cost and sacrifice of our health, our happiness, our relationships. 
And that's what I've been doing since that time. And, and putting all those, you know, like what's going on? Like, why are we working this crazy way? And what's, and so just like researching all of it and then taking all these different things. One of my superpowers is studying deep esoteric wisdom mm. and then turning it into practical things and translating it for our modern times in really simple ways. And my desire is to really help people create a sustainable version of success in which we can have whole lives, we could grow whole children, we can, you know, we can be sane. And I think part of what we're seeing right now in the world is the universe is saying to all of us, wake up humans, how you've been living and working has not been sustainable. We all know it. And now we're at that either breakdown or breakthrough point. That's that's beautiful. And I, I I couldn't agree more. Now there's there's a few things that you touched on there that I kind of want to delve Un, into a little Unpack bit. away. You choose which portal you want to go through. There's like <laughs> there's a there's a bunch. So <laughs> well and I will come back around, I, I hope, to all of them. So you mentioned the stillness, right? Which happens afterwards. And it's funny because as you were talking about that, I'm like, well, that's that's what we cultivate in meditation on a daily basis. And it's it's the idea, I believe, and I'm sure you touch upon this, is that if you can if you can get still with yourself without reaching that breaking point. In other words, access that's that part of yourself before you break down, before you're overwhelmed and over it, right? At that point you can listen to that inner voice, which is the truth. It's your it's your higher self. It's your it's your inner it's your innermost. It's it's the essence of who you truly are in effect. And if you can get clear and still and listen to that voice, it will never lead you astray. It's the same voice that tells you, "Wait, you should turn left here." But my, I'm supposed to go straight. No, you really should turn left here. And then you do. And then you realize that there's a gigantic car accident up above or up ahead of you that may have happened before or it happened after you turned left. You know what I mean? That mm, you got I to do. Just, yeah. So it's it's that stillness. And so I'm wondering, I'm wondering, do you see? Obviously you do. But talk to me a little bit about that. Accessing that stillness before we hit the breaking point. Yes, that will. And and I learned that lesson about six years prior to the first Superwoman sob when I had my first book is called Choosing Me Before We. And when I was 30s, when I had my big spiritual awakening, that there was like this voice in this whole other world out there. And it was trying to get my attention, be like, you're in the wrong relationship. You're in the wrong relationship. This isn't the person for you. I'm like, no, it is. It is. Like, I'm a very willful person. And so, you know, we were, I'm like, we will be engaged. We will be married, you know? And I was just, uh, I was focused on my vision for what was supposed to happen. And and I got the universal Mack truck two by four had ran over me. He broke the engagement on the way to the engagement party. And that was the first time that little voice spoke to me after two weeks of like really begging this man to come back. Here I am, a super successful woman begging a man to come back to me. Mm. I don't know how I got kind of through those first two weeks, but I finally left, moved into with my friend. And that was the first time I heard that little voice. And the voice said to me, Christine, you have a lot of self-esteem, but you don't love yourself. And I mm. was like, again, ding, truth. And then the voice said, not only did you almost marry the wrong man, you almost created the wrong life. And that night I made a promise to myself that I would stay true to my heart and soul, no matter what, I would never settle for less than my heart and soul desires, which is interesting because in the overwhelmed and over it book, the first section's all about liberating yourself from the the imprints of success we have out there and what it means to be successful and making sure that you're you're really living in alignment with your heart and soul. And so even you know you were talking beforehand you're you're a yogi, I'm a yogi, I've practiced yoga and meditation for 20 years and we are living in intense uncertain times. It's been ratcheting up. This isn't like some new thing that just happened. Like 
we can like, wow, it's really, the heat's been heating up. It's been heating up. And even people that I know who have a strong meditation practice, who are yogis, they're getting tweaked out and twizzlered up and spun around. And it's because it's not just about mindfulness. It's not just about the mind. This is body, mind, soul, and heart. And that last one, even in the more evolved communities, gets left off. I always want to scream, body, mind, spirit, where's the heart? <laughs> where's the heart? You know? And so the piece about this, I just, cause I know the, that everyone listening here, like this isn't like the first time you've ever heard of like consciousness or awareness. Like they wouldn't be here listening to you. Yes. And I think sometimes we can get these spiritual egos that make us think, oh, well, I, I don't, I, but yeah, I've been doing it for so long. I've been doing it for so long. And, and I know for myself, when the intensity is on, like it is right now, I have to have what I call a bookend practice. It's one of my most like top five practices for staying centered, calm, and sustained and clear intense times. And that means I have a, a way I start my morning and a way I end my morning, the first hour of the day and the last hour of the day. And I'm making sure I'm hitting and connecting with that point of stillness on both sides. But I'm also making sure that I'm really listening to my heart and what I need emotionally, what I need spiritually. Because I know for myself, there's so much need out there. It could be just like, I could work forever. I could work and give, you know, and take care of people forever. And I think we have to be really diligent right now to not just like, like take care of yourself first. Like not, I don't mean like that self-care. Lala. I mean like, no, really you all, like we have to, we have to like not buckle down, but like, really get like these practices first for ourselves. And then we can show up in the world and, and be these like um, instruments is the way I see it of, of, of calm and centeredness. And then people respond to that. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh teaches this. I don't know if you've ever heard this, the, the Buddhist monk, he, he taught how when, when they were leaving Asia as refugees and so imagine refugees getting in these boats and having to like, leave their country and they don't know if they're going to live or die and lots of chaos, which is not unlike what's happening, you know, is different, but this is stirring up people's primal fear right now. And Thich Nhat Hanh taught, he said, what happened is if one person in the boat, one person could maintain, could meditate and find that place of stillness within them, the entire boat would calm down. And I think that's the power we have within us for ourselves and just for the people we live with, as well as for the people we talk to every day. And I think sometimes it can feel like this world's nuts. Like, how can I even like make a difference? Or like, I feel so out of control or like, I don't have any power, but that power to, to be the stillness in the swirl, to be a person who's aware of what's going on, but not reacting to what's going on, but is instead responding to what's going on that's where our power is. And that's why the subtitle of Overwhelmed and Over It is Embrace Your Power to Stay Centered and Sustained in a Chaotic World. It's a leadership book. It's a personal leadership book about how to show up in the world as a leader versus thinking a leader is somebody out there or it's some position you have. Like it's a choice. And we, our very presence, I believe, has the power to change the world and keep it stabilized. That's the spiritual teaching. There are just enough people on the planet who have the ability to stay stable on the inside to keep the energy on the planet stable as we go through this transformation. First of all, yes, 
I mean, there's no other word other than yes. That was super deep. And and I, I know that that sounds funny to say super. That was super deep, which sounds super not. Um, <laughs> but, but but it was it was it was really profound because when you were talking about self-care, because I, I just want to kind of drill down on that for half a second, because, you know, you were like, well, you know, but it's it's true. You can't give with an empty cup. You have to be able to fill up your cup. In fact, the episode that we were putting out on Friday, October 30th, which, you know, obviously this is airing later, it's all about self-care. And my wife and I talked about it together on that episode. And really what it comes down to is you you have to not feel guilty about taking care of yourself. You have to be able to be the change you wish to see in the world. You can't expect peace while you're chaotic because you're putting that energy out there. Every spiritual teacher, master, guru, whatever you want to, any anybody who's out there understanding what the true meaning of life is, what the truth is, what real truth is, which is love, and that's it. We're all one. Energetically speaking, you can drill down on this scientifically, of course. Everything is energy. This has been proven. It's not mumbo jumbo craziness. Like it's legitimate scientific fact. And so when you look at that and you go, okay, well, if you're being crazy, right, your energy affects everything around you. But if you're able to, as you mentioned, on the boat, stay calm, meditate, find your center, find your balance, figure out a way to maintain your peace and calmness, you can help the world with that as well. You brought up an interesting thing about heart, right? And understanding what your heart needs in the moment. And I want to talk about that for a second, because sometimes you take care of body, mind and spirit, but sometimes the heart goes, hey, I know we have a meditation practice. We meditate every day, morning and night. That's that's me. I, I start my day off with a meditation. I end my day off with a meditation always. That's, But there are times where I go, you know what? Right now, instead of this 45 minutes of meditation, I'm going to spend it with my wife. We are going to sit on the couch and we are going to snuggle. And I'm okay with that. And there's no guiltiness. There's no anything because my heart needs to connect with my wife's heart. I want to talk about that for half a second, because I think that it's just as important to go, hey, you know what? Yes, the spiritual, the etheric, the energetic, that's all that is true and real. But at the same time, we are in this dualistic reality for a reason and for a purpose. And so sometimes we have to stray from that. I mean, obviously calculated because you can't just be like, well, today I'm not going to meditate because I just want to get busy or whatever. Like that's not and that's not even what I was talking about. I'm saying you can't just do that on a daily basis and go, well, no, forget the discipline and the and the actual spiritual practice, which is where you do the real work. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about that. Sometimes the heart needs to recharge as well. And sometimes that means being with your loved one. It could mean being with your cat and just sitting there petting your cat or your dog or whatever. Let's talk about that for half a second. Yeah, I could talk about it for even more than a half a second because <laughs> it's if I when I was when I boiled down my work these last 20 years, it's all about the heart. And I think the heart actually informs the mind, not the other way around. And some of the greatest spiritual teachers have talked about it, and scientists too, the heart is a gateway to our imagination. Heart is a gateway to, to everything. And yet we're not really taught. Even in meditation, I, I do a lot of work with corporate wellness, and they always want to bring me in to talk about mental wellness. And I always say, well, let's talk about mental wellness and emotional wellness <laughs> because they're really linked, right? And and even even in, you know, I and I've I've certainly found myself like this too of like, oh, I have to meditate for 45 minutes because that's what you do and that's what a good yogi does. And and so I'm much more about I approach the morning and the evening more about connection. So I'm gonna give you all a visual in the um, I'm big on visual thinking because I think it actually helps us understand things. So 
in Overwhelmed and Over It, there's a lot of glyphs. And so since I can't draw it for you, let me just help you all visualize it. So if you were, even you can close your eyes or open it, whatever works. I'm going to close mine because it's just helpful for me to do that. So if you were to close your eyes and imagine yourself standing and your feet are deeply rooted into the ground, right? So like a tree almost like rooting down into the earth. Take a breath. And that's you feeling deeply held and sustained by on a physical level, like really connecting physically to your body, to the earth, really important. And then just imagine like rising up through your heart and like up, like in a long, almost elongating your spine, like almost like there was like a little marionette pulling you up from the crown of your head or like you were a tree, like branches just going up. That's you reaching up to the divine. That's you reaching up to the light. That's you saying, come on in divine. And the spiritual teaching is this, the divine's always there. You have to invite it in every morning, every day. And so that reaching up, there's also a great teaching that says, if you reach up halfway, providence will reach down and grab you too. So every morning connecting into what I call your divine downline and say, all right, come in. I surrender. Yes. Like I always say, play me like a finely tuned instrument in your orchestra today. And then you, and you, and you drop down. And one of the first things I do every morning is I walk outside barefoot and just put my feet on the ground. Or when I do my yoga practice and getting connected to my body or even just brushing your teeth. Right. And that's your vertical line. So that's that vertical line. And it's what keeps you like centered. It's the, the yogis call it your center channel, your shishmuna. And it's, so it's that center channel that if you were like a cello, an instrument, you want to keep those strings really tuned and that keeps you vertically. So above, so below. And I want you to take your hands and put them out to the sides. This is your heart line. And if you were to wiggle your right hand and wiggle your left hand, take your left hand and bring it into your heart. This is self-love. And then take your other hand and bring it in. And that's love from others. So Adam, what you were talking about on that right hand was bringing love from your beloved, from your son, from the cat, like into your heart, that deep connection with somebody and something else that makes you feel loved. And then on the other side, that left hand, I want you to bring that in. I'm going to teach you a very short practice right now. Okay. So we talked about self-care. I would say it's self, it's self, like self-sustainability. You mentioned the cup, Adam, I'm going to expand us to be a chalice. So just imagine this whole body is like a chalice and you want to just take an energy reading, a life force reading of how full you are every morning from a scale of zero to 100 with 100 being full, zero being empty and 50 being half. Or if you were like a cell phone, your battery charge, but I prefer a chalice. So just ask your that intuition, that inner wisdom on a scale of zero to 100, what's your life force right now? Just take a good inhale and exhale, whatever is the first number that comes. And then my second question for you is, what do you need to receive today? What do you need to receive today? And just really sense into your heart what you need to receive, to be nourished, to be nurtured, to to really fill up. What do you need today? 
No, whatever your inner wisdom says, that's the first thing. But if it, if you're like, I'm getting nothing, I'm getting nothing. <laughs> the voice does. It's like a best friend. If you haven't been calling, it won't, it won't answer. Um, so just make something up. What would you love, love, love to give? Do you want me to answer? I'm, I'm doing Yeah, I do. Process. So you go ahead. Oh, as, okay. You can open our eyes. It was actually my next question. Yeah. What's your number and what do you need to receive today? So, okay. All things considered, we're currently late in the day. So my number was about a 76. Mm-hmm. which I think is decent, especially considering everything that I've, uh, you know, accomplished. That's a very good number. I think the so. goal is not to be a hundred, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, my goal is to be a hundred. I'm also a type A. So no, but, but it was honestly, it was, it was a little time to myself. That was, that was what my inner voice was telling me. And I, mm-hmm. and I know this and it's, it's something that I try to do on a daily basis, but before I even say anything else, I just want to say that was that was beautiful. I really mm. enjoyed that. Mm. Uh, for everyone listening, my eyes were closed. I was doing everything, envisioning everything, as Christine was saying it, and and it was it was it was profound. I mean, mm. I'm good at visualizing as well. I, yeah, I'm very yeah. Visual, so. Well, it, it it is. I think it's you know it's it's interesting that practice that I just taught you all. It's called the life force reading and receiving practice. I've mm. done that practice every day since 2012. I created it because I found that I was stuck in a pattern where I would give, 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 give like a bank that doesn't take in enough um, deposits. And then I would deplete myself and then I would end up on my acupuncturist tables and he would stick needles in me. And then I would do the same thing again and again, every three months. And after a year and a half, Dr. Fang in Oakland caught on to my little burnout cycle and my overgiving cycle. And one day he put his hands on my belly, no needles, and just said, Christine, retain. And I was like, retain? Oh, retain my energy. And it like was like, like an epiphany. And, and I was like, oh, right. Receive, retain, then give. What we're so conditioned to do is give, 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 give. Oh, I got to fill up, right? I got to fill up. And one of the imprints so in my research, I uncovered 12 imprints that are inside of most of our human psyches and bodies and emotions and brains that drive us into overwhelm, burnout, self-sacrifice, to work harder than we actually need to, and to give in ways that are actually out of whack and out of harmony. And so one of them, those imprints was it's better to give than receive, which all of us have you know heard, which seems kind of harmless. But if you actually look at that as a code that's running a program, your internal operating system, if it's better to give than receive then this would make sense why people feel guilty when they're, they're receiving for themselves, mm, right? This would yes. make sense why people feel guilty when someone gives something to you, you feel like you have to like impulsively give back. Right? When I say, Adam, that self-care is not just about self-care, I mean like self-care is a foundation, and, and, but it's so much more than that. It's this, we like suffer from a lack of being able to receive, as humans, we suffer from overachieving and under receiving. We suffer from this guilt that I have to, you know, give back if I'm not, or something wrong with me if I'm not working super hard and sacrificing myself. So this practice that I just taught you, I would say is one of the top three practices I do to stay out of burnout. And it's not just physical burnout. This is the important thing. I've identified eight different kinds of burnout. So there's passion burnout where you like, you give and give and give, you love what you do. And, but you, but you're giving so much to what you love that you do. You're actually not feeding the human you. This happens to me way more than, (laughs) than physical, than physical burnout. And then I like get resentful and then I get mad and I feel like I'm just like this machine who's like, you know, (laughs) trying to, you know, whatever, keep the world afloat. And so that, that, 
if you do that practice, I do it twice a day as part of my morning practice. I do it in the evening and I do it in the morning. I very rarely go into burn. I don't go into physical burnout at all, but because I always catch myself first. And if I'm, I'll, I'm more likely to go into emotional burnout or passion burnout, but I'll be, I'll be like, I'm a 61. I'm a, I'm a 50. Like what's going on in there? And what you do then is you design your day or you design your evening and you make sure that you receive that thing. And it sounds really simple. People are like, you know, oh yeah. Okay. That's nice. Good tip. This is like what I always just want to like, be like, please like, don't mistake the simplicity for lack of significance because it's like two minutes a day. And then we need that. We need that. We need to feel nourished and nurtured ourselves. So you could, we all know what to do to take care of ourselves. Everyone that's listening, you all know it. You could give me 20 things, but yeah, we don't do it. This is one way to start to shift that. I absolutely love that. That's super powerful. I love that you mentioned the 12 imprints. I would love for you to expand on that a little bit. And as a secondary portion of that question, you had mentioned earlier the spiritual ego. I feel like that ties into this idea of it's better to give than to receive. It's better to be there for others than have them be there for you. And that spiritual ego is the identifying with, and I'm using air quotes, spirituality, where it's like, no, 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 I need to help others, which listen, yes, it's great to help others. But you also, again, like you said, can't deplete your energy to the point where all you're doing is for others and not for yourself. And so I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the spiritual ego playing into this part of being out of balance and out of whack. Mm -hmm. And then of course, I want to touch on what those 12 imprints are because that's fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting the this piece of the spiritual ego, it's also connected to this value that we give ourselves by how much we give. So we basically, we've been imprinted to value ourselves based on how much we give, how hard we work and how much we sacrifice really, unless you're a narcissist. <laughs> and then, and that, that's, and, and so we value ourselves. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I was writing Overwhelmed and Over It, I didn't want to write another book on self-care. I didn't think the world needs another book on self-care. I didn't want to just give another list of strategies. I really wanted to get to the root of what is going on. And so here's the hard thing you got to swallow. And here's the part that's where the power is. We have all kinds of things inside of our heart and our mind and our body and our brain that cause us to overgive, overwork, and sacrifice ourselves. Whether it's how you support your family, whether it's how you show up within your family, whether it's how much you push and strive and grind at work. And this is where the self-love part comes in. And most people, Adam, they don't want to go into the heart. Even the people who are, <laughs> even those of us that are like, you know, I'm a yogi, I meditate. You're like, oh, I don't really want to go over there, you know? And it, because it's, it's scary. It's that place of the wound. And so, so many people, and I work with a lot of therapists, I work with a lot of doctors and nurses, and there's some of the people serving from the most wounds and different kinds of wounds than the achiever wounds that I see when I work with my clients in corporate or lawyers or, you know, kind of that world that I came from, but it's still the same wound. And if you don't know your heart, there's no way to know that you're actually creating businesses and organizations and family systems and ideas about how things have to be because of your own, this, this own deeper, this own deeper piece. And I think that's part of what we're seeing right now with the pandemic. I mean, people are tired. 
teachers are tired, the parents are tired. Like, and and to me, that's an that's an indication that there's number one, a systemic thing that's wrong. So you know, the way we educate our children, this is a whole other podcast and, the, and the, what our teachers get paid and what people who work in the profession of therapists get paid compared to others. And it's completely banana pants out of whack. Yeah. And so then you have parents who are, have to homeschool their kids or like deal with all of that. And there's no more room. There's literally no more room to do anymore. Yeah. And so we're seeing these breakdowns happen because we as conscious beings need to wake up and be like, whether it's your family who you're over caretaking or it's your clients or it's whatever, what's not sustainable? What's not working? And then be like, what's the change then that needs to happen? And you and I were talking about this before we even started of like, you know, like I moved up. So I used to live in California. I live on an island right now in Seattle. I moved up here three years ago after the 2017 fires because quarter of the housing stock burned. And I was renting because we had been nomads. We had sold our house. We were nomads, rented, <sighs> fires. And I couldn't find a place to live for less than five or $6,000 a month, which I actually paid when I lived in LA, <laughs> five, five, almost $5,000 because to live, you know, to have some kind of view, but only for eight months. And I was like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to pay $5,000 a month for rent. It's crazy to live in a little box, you know, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was devastated. I was like, I never wanted to leave California ever, Mm -hmm. but I knew for my own sustainability. Plus I knew I was going to start writing this book. The first three books I wrote, I was overwhelmed with all of them because I was working way too much, trying to do too many things, trying to keep and make enough money to, you know, while I was doing all of this. One time for the second book, I walked into a, I, I literally walked into a cabinet and split my head open because oh my. I was doing so many things, so many things because there was never enough money, right? So I just thought if I was keep making more and I keep doing more, this time I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm taking a stand for my self-sustainability. And then I had to say that I had to take a stand. That's, that's why on the book cover of Overwhelmed and Over, there's a big line under it. of like, no more, no more not doing this anymore. And then the universe is like, oh, 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 they're serious. <laughs> they're serious yeah. down there. And then you can open up, you know, before I got sick, I, I knew if I kept working that way, I, I, I mean, I've watched so many friends get sick. I've had my first client died. She beat cancer twice. And when she was just about to go back and take on a crazy, stressful job, her heart gave out three days before oh, wow. Christmas, 54 years old super full of passion, super full of energy. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go down that path. And so I had to make the choice. I had, to, I had to be in alignment with my heart and with my soul. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're leaving California. And you're, Noah's like, where do you want to go? I'm like, oh, no, let's go to Washington. So, you know, we did. And we ended up on this island. I'm like, God, where am I? This is like the Shire. And I could have never imagined, you know, this living here. And it's a perfect place to write a book. And I think that's the piece kind of going all the way full circle is that even for those of us that are spiritual and tuned in, we are all being asked to release levels of control and ideas about how things have to be. And when that overwhelm happens or things don't feel sustainable, you pay attention. Yes. And then you got to go into the heart and be like, what's real for you? What do you need? That's where the, what's called crazy wisdom. It's a superpower. That's where that is. And it's like those like, things that you could never have imagined. Well, I never even knew that existed. 
that's when the magic happens. That is absolutely so well put and and brilliant and so true on so many levels. I was telling my wife at one point during this whole thing, I said, you know, we have an amazing spiritual practice. We both live what we talk about and we still get overwhelmed. We still are feeling that you, you're hitting the nail on the head completely. I shudder to think of those out there who don't have a grounded spiritual practice at all. And they're just twisting in the wind with this whole situation. And they don't know where, where to go. They're overwhelmed. They have no idea how to connect with their hearts. I mean, I think part of it is learning how to connect. In every interview I've ever done on this show, I always ask my guests, I say, what is one thing that you can leave my listeners with today that they can use right now to help them live enhanced. And you, you did it. You gave that, you just gave that practice in, in here, in this amazing interview. So for everyone listening right now, the answer is very simple. Rewind a little bit and go back and do that visualization. Do it twice a day. Check in with yourself, figure out where your energy level is, figure out what you need in order to complete yourself because I've, I've talked about this a lot, and I'm, I'm probably dating myself here by talking about Jerry Maguire, but the fact of the matter is, is this, <laughs> the whole you complete me is absolute nonsense. Nobody completes you. You complete yourself. You are whole and complete as you are, and it's about realizing that completeness within and figuring out what you need to remain complete, whole, happy, healthy, and again, connecting body, mind, spirit, and heart. Which, yeah, you can't forget the heart, which is, which is, I think, one of the most, which is one of the most valuable things that you brought here today. And so, Christine, I thank you so much. Could you please tell all my listeners where they can find you, number one, number two, where they can find your book, which I assume is basically anywhere books are sold, but I still want to hear it from you. Oh, uh, absolutely. So best way to stay connected to me is through my podcast, The Men in Power Time. So you can just search for that on your podcast app and, and connect. You can also, for the book, the book has its own webpage. It's overwhelmedandoverit.com. And there's a video on there and it has all the different places you can get the book. But yeah, you can, you can pretty much get it everywhere. And it's also then it's the overwhelmed and over it is the easiest way to get to my webpage. Just on my webpage. So you can go there and connect with me. And you know, if you want to get my wisdom letters and you know stay connected, that's a great way to, it's a great way to do it. There's also that practice that I just taught you is actually on that website. It's, there's one of my blogs is the thing that's called like the best, one of my best self-care practices. And so it's actually written out on the blog and it's also in the book. I love that. I love that. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you came on today. I want to say we had talked about this before the show, before the show, before we started recording about how you say you primarily work with women, but you know, it's applicable to men as well. And I, I want to just say that from the perspective of from yoga and Ayurveda, you know, the masculine and the feminine, it's all part of the same thing. It's like the right wing and the left wing of the bird, which is a weird way to put it. But the, <laughs> the point is, is we all have the masculine and the feminine within. And it's about balancing that. That's what Ayurveda and yoga is all about is balancing the sun and the moon, balancing the Shiva and the Shakti. That's the whole point of it. It's balancing the two so that you're not too off to one side, because that's when it that's well, that's imbalanced and things go wrong when that happens. And so I would urge anyone who's of the male persuasion, which who knows what that even means nowadays anyway, just get in touch with your feminine side, get in touch with find the balance, because I promise you as someone who is 
fairly balanced. It it makes life better. It makes it gives you the ability to connect with all people as opposed to just one half of the population. So mm-hmm. I think that what Christine has and what you bring to the table, it's applicable to everybody. It's the feminine within all of us. We've all met the females who are very much connected with their masculine side and they need to rebalance their feminine. So it it's applicable to everyone. I think it's wonderful what you're doing and I'm so grateful to have had you on today. Thank you so much, Christine. Mm, thank you, Adam. And thank you, everyone. And just sending everyone lots of blessings. I believe that we say harmonized on the inside. I know when I've had even visions and I give dreams, you know, it was like a, a mind, I see like that, like I don't see things. Well, I mean, I just, just kind of do see things sometimes, but I had this great dream once and I, I saw this like vision of these golden hills and I was with some friends and we were wearing black and white dresses and we were just looking out in the sunset and we're like, happened we did it you know and it just reminded me I'm like it felt like the golden age it felt like the part of like you know we're going through the goo right now and and you hit it really square on the head is that there are a lot of people that don't have any practices and yet so super grateful that we do and just I think being connected I know I think the thing that I see in the groups I run and the people I I one of the reasons I, I do community stuff is because I feel like that's how we can get refre- like we can reset our frequency. So coming to a podcast like this is just a, a way to reset your frequency. And so just making sure everyone you're doing things daily for yourself, exactly what we just talked about, but ways to be in connection with other conscious people to be able to, to reset that frequency, kind of just like tuning an instrument like that. And we all really, we all really need that. And I think the fastest way to love is how we do it. Love is kind of going back to that place, hug and a smile. And for me, a brownie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll do it every time. I love that. I love that. Love is how we do it. What a, what a great way to end this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Christine, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening.